after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. to 88.3 WQTs after further review. All of the stuff that you would know that goes on behind the <laughs> scenes here at the WQT. Uh, oh, man. man you, sometimes you just need a good laugh off of Instagram or, or Twitter. <laughs> do you ever get that? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's times I do. Do you ever get... Do you, are you one of those people that get upset with Twitter when someone has a bad take or on, some, on sports? Um... Most of the time, I just refer to it as old man yelling at cloud. What's that? Old man yelling. Another one of Frank-isms. Explain this. Please explain this It's a gif of of Grandpa Simpson shaking his fist yelling at a cloud. It's from The Simpsons, so... Wow. I mean, we need to get that gift on our uh, Twitter page, AFR Sports Show. Uh, on Twitter, make sure you go and give us a follow. We always post our podcast on there. And, and talking about probably bad takes is that we've been talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. and it really stirred up some Twitter uh, nonsense. Whereas the the Padres were up a lot to a little. I think was it ten to three or ten to four? Yeah, it was ten. It was it was ten. It was ten to three, and it was a three zero count. They threw the ball, you know, when it's 3-0, you just throw a ball down the middle or whatever, and you, the person gets, you take the ball, basically, and you get the walk, um, uh, I guess. But the thing about I don't understand is, that I guess what happened was they were going to just throw the ball down the middle. He was going to take the pitch, walk him, I guess, but then that would have walked in a run, which doesn't make Actually, sense. Actually... Well, first off, the pitch thrown was a cookie. It was right down the middle of the strike zone. So if he didn't swing, it would have been a strike. Okay, okay, because yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that, and I guess they want Tatis to just take the pitch, so get the strike. Yeah, see, this is now this is where it doesn't make sense. So it was a cookie, it was a lobber. He threw it down the middle. It must have had some speed on it because it went out the park and it became a grand slam. And then next thing you know. The league goes from ten to three to fourteen to three, and now some people are saying that the unwritten rules was he wasn't supposed to swing at that pitch. But what pitch was he supposed to swing at? If, if anything, just walk him. I mean, if you're just going to give up a pitch, just have the, the the catcher go like this, put his hand out, and throw it in there, and that's it. Or, or before, yeah, exactly. I mean, don't if you're a pitcher. Don't serve up a cookie on a 3-0 to the best hitter in the game. But the pro- the problem I have with it is Chris Woodward, the Rangers manager, has to act like a crybaby. He and just go, oh, say, I didn't like it. But like I said, the norms are being challenged on a daily basis. So just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. Shut Look. I've done this game since I was a kid. I know a lot of unwritten rules. Well, it's this is just it's frustrating that it says you're up. He also said 
You're up seven in the eighth inning. It's not. It's typically not a good time to swing 3-0. It's kind of the way we were all raised the game, but the norms have changed. Hey, Chris Woodward, how about you have your pitcher not serve up a fastball that could easily be hit on 3-0? And I had a... Uh, this is a comment from one of my umpiring brethren, Tom Biggs. says, on a 3-0 count, you don't throw it down Woodward Avenue. You just need to get it close to the umpire most likely is going to call it a strike. <laughs> and also, play better. If you, don't like, if you don't like it that you're getting your head kicked in, play better. Don't act like Tatis hit it out, did a bat flip. Trotted around the bases, flipped the double bird, heard, and started doing the stanky leg afterwards. He's supposed to hit the ball. Right. That's what he gets paid to do. And another thing, too, is is the uh, Padres manager, her Jace Tingler. I I wasn't real happy about this. He had to jump in and chastise him for doing so. Oh, he basically said it's a learning opportunity. He'll grow from it. Dude, you're supposed to protect your players. This is a family business. I mean, if you're done, if you got an issue with it personally, address it personally in private. Don't throw them under the bus in public to the media. Right. Yeah. And look, it basically goes into baseball having some of the dumbest unwritten rules. Like, but, but not. But the, here's the problem with the baseball. You don't know what all the unwritten rules are. It, it seems like they just a, pop. Yeah. They pop. The, the, I guess some of the old school major leaguers know what they are, but then they don't pass them on to the younger people, the casual fans, and some even some of the diehard fans were scratching their head at this one. Like oh, I didn't know this was an unwritten. It's like it just they just pop up. Here's what I would do with unwritten rules: write them out on a piece of paper. Well, they're unwritten, so you can't. Yeah, yeah. Write them down, then take said piece of paper. Roll it up nice and tight around some fine tobacco, light it up, and smoke it like a cigar. <laughs> That's what I do with it. it unwritten, look, because I think these unwritten rules are killing the game's popularity. Because baseball guy is typically old white dude. I mean, look, I love baseball all myself. It's why it's why I umpire games at the high school level. It's why I announce high school games. It's why I announce summer baseball all as well. But unwritten, you don't like what somebody's doing because it's an unwritten rule. Play better. Or don't give up ten runs beforehand, and don't serve up cookies unless you want them to be eaten. But some of the other dumb unwritten rules, like, like, oh, you can't bunting to break up a no-hitter. That's not breaking any rules. That's called you're trying to get on base and win a game. Hey, just like hitting a grand slam out of 3-0 when you're up seven runs, I'm sorry, but... uh, there's no mercy rule in the MLB, last I checked. This isn't Federation. So, hey, Rangers, you still could have easily scored 11 runs in your next at-bat. And need I remind you that on this very date, 
back in 2007, the Rangers put up a 30 spot on the Baltimore Orioles. 30 runs. 3-0. Wow. And you want to go and cry about them doing this and running up the score? Get out of here. Right. But but the the, the rules goes on. Tatis... The violation of these rules, this is up from the New York Post, can cause controversy in games more often than you would think. Tatis' offense was swinging at a 3-0 pitch when his team had a 10-3 lead in the eighth inning. And Padres manager Jace Tingler just said he's young and energetic and he'll grow from it. Uh, But is there really a bad time to hit a grand slam? No. Like I said, that game wasn't over at that point. Let's say let's say he does. Let's say he goes. Okay, I ask you this: What is worse, him hitting the grand slam, or him hitting the grand slam, flipping the bat and doing the stanky leg? <laughs> the latter. Okay, but he didn't do the latter. Yeah, exactly. Okay, he didn't. He didn't gloat about it. Like I said, if he would, if he if he would have did the Bautista bat flip and then. Proceeded to flip the double bird to the Rangers dugout. This is a different conversation. Right. And he hit the home. He hit the home run. Didn't do anything. Any extravagant. He did what he was supposed to do. He acted like he had been there before. Right. All right. And, you know, it was the first grand slam of his career. Here, mm-hmm. I mean, Tatis is one of the best. He's one of the best hitters in the game today. And, as a result, that grand slam put him in the home run lead over Mike Trout. Right. You think any other young star in the game like Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, you think those guys are going to, if they get served up a cookie out of 3 that they're just going to let it go by? No. They're going to swing. Let them have fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all. That's that's why people, that's why you want to watch baseball. You want to see these young stars do well and have fun doing so. Oh, we don't need them to be, we don't need them to be taking, hang three, take a 3 0 pitch for a strike. No. Want to see them hit the ball. And quite frankly, the unwritten rules are what kill the game, aim and popularity. You let just let them go out and have fun, and I know I've even heard other people say, "Well, why do managers wear uniforms?" Okay, that I don't. That's something I I don't see an issue with. And I guess it's kind of an old, old tradition going back to the early days of the game. Hey, heck, even even at the high school level, you see coaches wear uniforms. Larry Tuttle, Blissfield's coach, he still puts the uniform on, wears number eighteen every time. In fact, I think stuff like that's classy. Right. That is totally Yeah, but true. the... the but... No, this is what Trevor Brower said. Hey, Tatis Jr., listen up. Keep swinging 3-0 if you want to, no matter what the game situation is. That's one. Two, keep hitting homers, no matter what the situation is. Three, keep bringing energy and flash to baseball and making it fun. Four, the only thing you did wrong was apologize. Stop that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shouldn't have to apologize for that. And, and you know what? That's a pit. That Trevor Bauer, that's a pitcher coming out and saying that. Right. I mean, you think, you know, if if Bauer would have been the guy who served up a cookie out of three, you know what? That's yeah. They'll just say, you know what? 
I got to be better. Right. Plain and simple. Just don't put, don't throw it down the middle. I mean, get a put. Try and put it on the outside corner. Get him to swing. I mean, <laughs> at that point, more than likely, it's going to be called a strike. It does, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even yeah. I got one guy that says, "Daddy hack every single three zero, whether you're up by four hundred in the top of the ninth or if you're down by seventy eight the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. Right? Yeah, that that is true. And uh, some others. Let's see here. Uh, if you don't like giving up three zero grand slams, pitch better. Johnny Bench even said everyone should hit three zero grand slams are a huge stat. That's from Johnny Bench from the old Cincinnati Reds, the Red Machine. Oh, even the old man. To me, it sounds like to me was this really an unwritten rule, or was some or were some guys butt hurt because they I were th- getting they were getting beat. I think it's just more the Rangers were butthurt because they were getting their asses handed to them. <laughs> and like, it's like David the Man of God Harrison say, be better next time if you don't like it. Right. And I mean, I've said it too. You don't like getting your head kicked in like that? Play better. Mm-hmm. Control your own destiny. And if you get beat, then you take the medicine. It doesn't taste good, but you know what? It happens. Learn from it. Move on and keep playing and get better. Well, yeah, that is totally true. So how did, now? Also, they talk about like stealing bases. If you're up a lot, don't steal a base. And Ricky Henderson got in trouble for that. That's another unwritten rule. It sounds like to me these are more or less like sportsmanship rules. I mean, ste- stealing bases with a big with a big lead. I mean, I, I kind of get why that is because, for one, that that's a little bit more running up the score because you got to put more effort into it. But also at the same time, I've had I've had coaches complain to me he, when I've been umpiring. I can't do anything about that. Well, no, I can you're only, the umpire. I, you just manage the game. Yeah, with the I can only I can only enforce the rules as written in the rule book. These are sound, you don't more like, or less the unwritten rules sound like more like sportsmanship rules. Because, I, like I said, this story came up. This is in the New York Times. When Ricky Henderson did this, it was in 01 because, you know, this is Ricky Henderson. He's almost about 60 years old. Uh, but at the time, Davey Lopez, the, the, the Padres manager or the Brewers uh, manager came out and said he was going to throw at Ricky the next time. Now, uh, once again, if the base is open and he lets him steal the base, I mean, at the end of the day, if that's if we're gonna do all this, why not just have a mercy rule? So then this can eliminate everything. Because think about it. Now it's almost to the point where, like in football, uh, you don't want to run the score up on the opponent by passing the ball all the time. But at the same time, though, like Jimmy Johnson said, I can't. If I put in my subs and they've been working hard through practice, I'm not gonna tell them. All right, take it easy on them because those guys earned the playing time just like anybody else. I think this is the same thing here. You go out to play the game. Play the game the way it's supposed to be played. If you don't want to get, especially in professional sports, yeah. If you're a professional, your job is to stop the other team, and your job is also to score runs. And if that's not going to happen, you know, and, and professionals understand that sometimes it happens. You just get your butt handed to you. You just take your butt whooping. You go on the next day. The one thing about pro sports is you have a quick turnaround, so you don't you don't have to really remember you getting your butt kicked. But at the same time, though, th- these unwritten rules, I think. 
and I'll probably ask you your opinion on this, is this kind of somewhat hurting baseball and the popularity of it? I mean, there's other things that have been going on with baseball, the whole COVID thing. They could have been had their season started if they weren't arguing over money. But we've we've talked about it on this show. Same problem with the NHL. They won. They need to, you know, promote their stars. That's yeah. one. But two, the unwritten rules of baseball. That's starting to be when fans start to be confused with that, or this looks like some more pettiness. It, it just doesn't make sense. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're agreeing with me? Okay. Yeah, I am. Or here's one. Don't bunt to break up a no hitter. That's not being. That's not breaking any rules. That's called trying to win a game. Yeah, it says Kurt Schilling of the Diamondbacks was five outs from a perfect game. Ben Davis of the Padres broke it up by beating out a bunt. The tactic drew the ire of the Arizona bench, but the Padres were just as mad. We're all tied for first place. And we're trying to win the game, and they're up there screaming at him because he dropped a bunt down. The Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn told the San Diego Union Tribune after the 2001 game, "So what? Who cares? We're trying to win the game. They're all hooting like we ain't so, we ain't supposed to try to win a game. Now that exactly. is a little ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I said that because said- he's trying to now. Now that to me is ridiculous because you're you're trying for one in professional sports you're trying to win the game, but I think that kind of defies the competitive spirit of the game." For own personal gain. Kurt Schilling's trying to get a perfect game, which is great. And if you get it, you get it. But at the same time, you need to get it within the context of the game. And with him bunting, trying to get on, and they're in a playoff race, I don't blame him for bunting. Exactly. Or here's one. Don't flip your bat or otherwise preen after a home run. What about that one? <laughs> here's what I'd say. Don't flip your bat after getting hit by a pitch. Right. I had, a, I had a kid do that in a game I was umpiring, and when I saw him do that, my first reaction was, "You, bro, you did not just do that. I was actually about ready to go over and tell him, I better not see you do that again. But before I could say anything, his coach hollered at him from third base, so I walked over to the coach and said, Coach, thank you for taking care of that. Hope he learned his lesson. Right. And he did. I love those. I love it when someone does the old bat flip. I mean, look, I don't bat flip after a home run. I don't see the issue with that as long as you don't chuck it at somebody or hit anybody with it. Right. Now, here's one. Don't watch your homers land. Just circle the bases quickly. Now, here's the first inning home run by Max Muncy of the Dodgers in San Francisco last season. Left the park and landed in McCovey Cove. We've all, you know, Bonds made that cove famous, basically. Yeah. It should be called Barry Bonds Cove because he had a lot of gopher balls out there. Uh, but for the few moments Muncy spent watching it leave the park, the two exchanged words, even as Muncy finally circled the bases, Muncy related afterward. He said, don't watch the ball. You run. I just responded back. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. <laughs> There you go. Perfect response to it. They don't pitchers don't like slow home run trots. Uh yeah. Oh yeah, that's another thing. I heard Rico Beard say this. You don't go slow around the bases and you don't go too fast either. And it says perhaps he was this happened. R- Ryas Hopkins of the Phillies. Reese Hopkins. Reese, okay. Reese Hopkins of the Phillies took thirty four seconds to get around the bags in a game against the Mets last season. <laughs> Twenty nineteen. <sighs> The slowest time in five years, according to StatCast. Oh, my. They keep track of how long it takes to get around the bases. 
Right. Somebody needs to get a life. <laughs> Don't step on the mound. Don't step on the mound. Yeah, it says pitchers are protective of the mound. During a game in 2010, Alex Rodriguez of the Yankees was returning to the fir- turning to first from third after a foul ball when he took the direct r- round over the pitching mound. His bigger unwritten rules violation, though, was letting his feet touch the rubber. It was enough for pitcher Dallas Braden of the A's to yell at him on the field and then go on a seven-minute post-game tirade. <laughs> wow. I mean, if look, if I didn't know that was a rule, I I didn't either. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, look, he hit hit a foul ball, and he trotted back. He was trying to get back to the base, not take his sweet time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, stepping on the mound. I mean, I probably I probably wouldn't have done that, but I think this is just that's just being made into a nothing burger. Now, now here's what some people. Doug Glanville said this uh, a, a long time ago. Um, he says baseball is basically into the unwritten rules. There's ways to uh, – it's basically done to cover safety, politeness, respect, and etiquette and money and so on. So if, for instance, like I know uh, – I think Boone it is. I don't, one of the Aaron Boone, Boone. One of the Boone brothers called into a, a local – or into a national sports show, and he was talking about how you know, he doesn't like the fact that you can't brush up batters. You know, you hit a, you hit a batter, okay – they give you a warning, then you police yourself, you hit the next batter, that's it. Or if you throw the bat, the pitch behind the batter or whatever, that happens. But now it's going on where a guy gets hit, both teams get warned, and if the next pitch goes in there and hits the other team's batter, he gets thrown out the game. And he said, well, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you know, it's an unwritten rule where it's known that, okay, I hit a batter, you hit a batter, that's the end of it. But now it's getting to the point where now guys are getting quick ejections. So he said some of the rules – should still be in place, and then some of the other ones maybe should be kind of brushed away. Well, the hit, the, hit, the hitting of the batters that one I can kind of get because that's a safety issue, right? Well, and there he said they're also policing themselves too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like you, yeah, actually, like for instance, the home run thing. If you're staring at the home run, or you do the bat flip, or you're doing something, you already know the next guy is going to get a, a bean ball to the ribs. Now he said, Boone said, now he wants pitchers. Now he thinks. Pitchers are being wimps about it because they're just throwing behind the guy. He said, just be a man and throw it throw it into his ribs. Don't throw it at his wrist. Don't throw it at his elbow. Throw it right either at his buttocks or his ribs. Okay, we got him. Next pitcher comes up. We hit a batter. Okay, cool. Everything's done. And then they move on. But they said now it's getting to the point where it's getting ridiculous. And the players can't police themselves. Yeah. Especially if they... Th- Especially gets to the point where they're throwing at somebody's head. Now, yeah, now that that's, that, totally, that, that's totally different. I mean, because look, when I've done when I've done high school games, I mean, I've had guys that'll will get hit. I mean, if I unless uh, unless I see it thrown at the head, I'm not going to say anything. Right, right. At that point, I'm just going because I think that's happened once where I just I said I just warned both done. I said, and okay, I just don't want to see any retaliating or anything like that, and nothing more happened. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well. So now with the with us doing that, we had a great segment on that. What you got planned for the weekend, Frank? Eh, not real. Not a whole lot. Probably just taking it easy. Oh, you're taking it easy. Yeah. Now, is is baseball still going to be going on for youth leagues through? There's August and or the late August I think, September. 
I've been told there's going to be some fall baseball going on. I've I've had a couple people ask me if me about umpiring games, but we'll see. We'll see what becomes available. I know around. Dun- I know a couple of people that run the show up around Dundee. They said, "Hey, can you?" Since I umpired a tournament for them back in June, and they said, "If we do any fall ball, would you be able to?" I said, "Yeah, I def. I think I could make that happen." Well, it's got something to do because you don't have any high school football, but Ohio does, and it starts up next yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost thought about driving to Indiana last night and going to find a high school game there, but I had a bit. I had a long day yesterday. I was. Doing some, yeah, I had to do some yard work at Kent's car lot and oh, do some other. Kenny G. Yeah, he he's actually in Florida for the weekend. Oh, he's on, he's over in a hot spot. Okay, let's see what Kenny G's doing. Um, question with you now: You're certified in Michigan, right, as a referee? Yes. Um, it was reported. I know Jordan Strack had reported on the scrimmages that, but also on the scrimmage of Anthony Wayne and Whitmer. Along in that package, he was saying that they have a shortage of referees. Would you ever get considered trying to get certified in Ohio? I know there's some referees that Both. 16 referees didn't come back because of the COVID concerns. Well, it's fu- it's funny you should mention that because uh, Doug Sanders, one of my brethren, he's he's a Michigan official, and he was actually at that scrimmage last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I think... I, I'm def- I've, th- I've thought about possibly getting my license to do some stuff in Ohio. I mean, I've had a couple of, I've had at least a couple of people reach out to me for baseball to do that. Mm-hmm. My good friend Matt White, who does a lot of summer umpiring, mm-hmm. he, he said I should join him. I said, well, hey, as long as I as long as I get to work with you, I'll do it. And he said, okay. I mean, if they're if I'm available to do some football down here, I might definitely put that in the hopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what's the what's the differences? Well, Any differences? I mean, in terms of like st- of rules, no, I'd say not a lot because it's all National Federation of High School. That's what I thought. So, because I, I know that I, I didn't know if there was some different things. I know because there is a shortage of referees. They're looking for younger referees. You're obviously younger because I guess the average age of referees is almost in the late forties, early fifties. Yeah, and I'm in my I'm in my early thirties. Right. So. so, and I I know other guys who are around my age. I'm I'm mid to late thirties that are refereeing. And there's some guys that are a little about your age, but they they're looking for more because they say some of these referees only do it a year or two, and then they say, you know, this ain't for me. I quit. This is for the birds. <laughs> well, uh, I would have had my sixth season, and I was looking forward to a lot more. Right, right. But, and then I know with Michigan not having football, I don't know if you wanted a little bit of extra cash. Maybe you can do it. Say, hey, I'm in Michigan. Would they even let you referee games? You're, you're licensed through the NFHS, right, National Federation of High School. Could they let you slide, or do you have to be certified in Ohio I would have to, to do Ohio games? I think I'd have to get my license to work in Ohio. Okay. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm going to probably consider talking to a couple of my brethren who are – Certified in both states, or is that just for varsity games? Could you do maybe freshman JV games and then? That, yeah, it might be. It could be a pause. I'm not. You know what? I'm going to talk to. I'm probably going to talk to uh, one of my assigners, Mark Maxson, because I know he's been certified to work in Ohio. He's done youth games in Ohio, and mm-hmm. I've worked with him. I could probably also talk to uh, Will Bisbee or Pat Sizer, mm-hmm. some of those guys. Okay. Well, even, even Jeff Simmons too. I've worked I've worked with Jeff a couple times at the youth level. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering because, like I said, uh, I do know guys that do do refereeing. They like it, and most of the guys that used to be former players get into it. And 
you know, they've been doing it a little bit longer. It would be nice for people to get into it. But I do know I've seen the darker sides of, of refereeing where fans get a little rambunctious and, and sometimes chase the ref or whatever when it's not the ref's fault. And those are rabid fans and they're no needed in any sporting event, especially at the youth level. Anything high school and below, they should understand that this should, this is more or less it's competition but it's also a learning environment as well, along with referees, coaches, and players. I mean, we're, we're not – first of all, coaches and refs are getting paid very little. This isn't like the the, the pros where you, you, you probably can use it as your main source of income. You know, it's just a little bit of extra money for people. So they have to understand that and respect them for actually taking time out of their day and night to come and do your games. But as I said, people, people as, as we've learned from this COVID situation, are very entitled. Yeah, that is very true. All right. Well, for me, and we I know we went off a little bit for the for the subject. I just think I'll just be relaxing too. I, I got a training session later on today. Um, it'll be very very hot next week. Uh, I was supposed to be on vacation, but I kind of changed a plan, so I'm actually going into work to the the hot box, as I like to call it, over at uh at the at the ups. So that's yeah. pretty much what I'll be doing on this week. It's supposed to be actually hot this weekend, so I'll probably relax. Maybe cut some grass later on. Yeah. Plus we got some NBA action on today. You got Bucks Magic just started a little bit ago. Mm, I don't know. <sighs> oh <sighs> a Heat and Pacers. That's a good one. Yeah that one, I actually watched a little bit of game one. That's been that's some good basketball. Rockets Thunder. That's a good one. And then Lakers and Blazers as your nightcap on ABC tonight. Oh, that'll that might be epic. I mean, the Blazers got Game One, Lakers came back, got redemption in Game Two. We'll see what happens with Dame Dollar and his dislocated finger in his off hand, um, not his shooting hand. And your Sunday action, you got Celtics seventy sixers. That's probably gonna end this week. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, did we did we get out the vacuum or whatever? For, for those? <laughs> Yeah, we didn't get the the vacuum out for the NHL teams that went bye bye. I thought we did we or didn't we? Not? I thought well we were supposed to, but apparently we didn't. Oh, hold on. Well, before we go, there we go. What teams got the the vacuum? That oh, was, the Blackhawks did. The Blackhawks, the Canadians, the Capitals. Uh, I'm trying to let's see the uh, Calgary Flames went bye bye. The Columbus Blue Jackets, they're gone. The St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Oh, they're gone? Yep, they got eliminated by the Vancouver Canucks last night. One Cup Wonders, as you like to call them. <laughs> That's what some people are referring to them as. Not the, well, they have left the bubble. And I, I wonder if they're doing like the TBT. I wonder if the NBA and NHL is doing it, where you know you're on the brink of elimination. And this is what happened at the TBT. If, now, that was a single elimination tournament, but both teams came, but you had to pack your bags. You brought your bags with you, and then once you got eliminated, one team went this way, and the other team went that way. I wonder if they're doing that in the NHL and the NBA, where it's like, you know you're about to leave, just pack your bags, bring it on the bus, you're not going back to your hotel, you just get on out of here. Yeah, who knows leave, how they're doing it. Leave the bubble. So basically, the, the 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 Blackhawks and all those other teams you mentioned, they've packed their bags. And, and the words of, in the words of the Pittsburgh Penguins radio voice, Mike Lang, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. <laughs> all those teams have left the bubble, actually. Yeah. So this this is what's going. This is already going on in the bubble, but this is for those teams. Their final vacuum. Yep. Well, Frank, another good show here, man. Yep.
back in the studio uh, two, three, three weeks in a row. Yep. It's kind of amazing how much when you miss it. Yeah. And then obviously your Sunday action besides Celtic Sixers, Clippers, Mavericks. That's a good one. Three thirty. Yeah, ABC doubleheader, and then Raptors Nets at six thirty on TNT. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, that, that, one, that, that that's is... gonna be another sweep. And Nuggets, Nuggets and Jazz. I guess the Jazz aren't the Az. No, they're not. No, they're not. Jazz are leading that series though. Two yeah. One. Um. Also, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the Nets needed to go. Uh, the, no Kyrie, no Kevin Durant, no DeAndre yeah. Jordan, no Spencer Dinwiddie. All your top guy, Karis LeVert from Michigan, doing a really good job. But I mean. Let's face so it. It's the backups. After tomorrow, they're all going to be gone fishing. <laughs> they'll be out the bubble. That's for sure. I don't know if they they already were fishing in the bubble. I don't know what they'll be doing. But yeah. this is the reason why. Our last point is the reason why I like it to go back to five game series in the first round because they're just some team. There's no point in putting them through game. Come on, these two teams would have been done last night or a couple nights ago. They're out of there. There's no point in having an extra game to watch that. That's just that's just bad television. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll agree with you there. All right. Well, this has been a presentation of 88.3 WGs. After further review, thanks Frank for showing up. David got caught up with his flock. Yep. We'll make sure to clean up the studios. You can always see us on our Facebook Live on After Further Review. Don't close up just yet. Remember, I'm yeah, on I'm your leave, thing. I'll leave the computer open just so you can get everything. Yep. And then if you missed the show. We were always on Saturdays, usually 11 to 1 or 11.30 to one thirty. actually. We also uh, uh, have our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes, WXUT's After Further Review. For David and Frank, I'm Derek. Make sure when you go to our podcast, give us a like and listen. And the listening is going up. Uh, but we're out of here. Peace. We'll see you guys next week.